Hey superstars, welcome to another installment of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, before I chat to you guys about today's guest, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in, for listening, for getting around it. Uh, if you have been enjoying it, please share, subscribe, uh, send it to people you love. If you haven't, send it to people you don't love. Um, today's guest is Susan Bell. Uh, I met first met Suze about... Probably 12 or so months ago. Yeah, maybe a little, little longer than 12 months ago. Um, Suze came down <clears throat> to do some training and do some learning, and she's someone who, uh, after going through a significant weight loss, uh, going through some brain surgery or a couple of brain surgeries uh, and a bunch of IVF, she's someone who has been uh, incredibly resilient and someone that I look up to uh, who inspires me on a on a weekly basis every time I see her on a Friday, and it's uh, it was an absolute pleasure to sit down with her today and and chat about her journey. So, hope you guys enjoy it. I'm sure you get a lot out of it. Uh, if you do, uh, give us some feedback. We'd we'd love to hear from you. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Susan? Lucky. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I don't reckon I've ever called you Susan before. That was, no, I that don't was think weird. so. <laughs> Suze! How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Good. How's your day been? Fantastic, thanks. First question for you. Mm-hmm. What gets you out of bed in the morning? My kids and my job. They're both number one in my little world. Like if I didn't have, if I didn't love working at Next Gen and didn't love the people I worked with and wasn't as successful as I am in that, yep. my kids wouldn't be able to do what they do I guess and yeah I work so that they can well I work because I love it but I don't want them to miss out on anything that they ask me to do yeah kind of gets a little bit tough every now and again but I still say yes and hope that at some point that they will you know absolutely love something yeah or want to stop something perhaps (laughs) that's cool (laughs) but anyway yes I like it tell us about your job what do you do um, I'm a personal trainer or a coach and I work at Next Gen Fitness Factory in Bayswater and I love the place. <laughs> I actually first met Ed when I started to lose weight a few years ago. I'd lost 10 kilos before I um, went to Next Gen. And at that time she was running a boot camp from a local school. It actually backed onto our fence at the time where I lived. Yep. And through six degrees of separation, I ended up, I was talking about this particular boot camp to people that I worked with at the time and one of the girls go oh yeah I go to a boot camp at a school I'm like oh yeah what school is it thinking it was not this school she's like oh yeah Brony Heights and I'm like same school that's the one I need I need her contact details anyway so yes I ended up going to her boot camp she's helped me heaps with obviously PT um I started her boot camps then I progressed into one-on-one PT yep and then she expanded and opened up the factory and I continued to train there and now I am very grateful to work there. That's so, awesome. 
yeah, two, year, cool. two and a half years there now. So. so you've been there two and a half years. How long has the factory been? Three, uh, uh, maybe three and a half. Well, when did it open? I didn't work there for the first, so I was a member for the first year. Yeah. What was it like going from being a member to being a coach? Um, I like it because anytime I have to make a decision about something, obviously the best interest of next gen is like forefront of my mind. But um, I also think like where they're coming from, from a member's perspective, what I would think if I was a member in that situation. Yeah. So I actually am very grateful that I've come from a member's perspective, not just straight in there. Do you find you're able to connect with your clients better because you're coming from that? Um, Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I know. Pretty hard to talk to anyway, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know like a lot of people contact me, but all of us trainers get contacted, but, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Awesome. What were you, what were you doing before next gen? Um, I've got a nursing background. Ah, yeah. yeah. So, cool. did you not know that? No. Oh, there you go. Um, Don't know you well enough. <laughs> yeah, so I've come from a nursing background. So I was a nurse for seventeen years. So I did nursing part time and Dorovich part time. Then yeah. I had kids, and then Dorovich. Um, just before I had kids, I was Dorovich full time. Yeah. And then, which is blood taking, and then um, various roles in that um company yeah which was pretty cool and then had kids and went back to part-time and just did yeah pathology well yeah. so what made you like tell me talk me through the events that made you like choose to give up nursing and go to be a coach i wanted to be s- the easiest transition <laughs> having a kid having a couple of kids at the same time yeah well at the time i just wanted to study something yeah um at the time it was something in nursing. I didn't for a second, I didn't, I didn't not think about PT. Yeah. I just thought it was like a little story that I told myself, I guess that it was um, like too hard to be a PT in terms of, you know, starting up your own business and um, stuff like that. So I kind of put it to the back of my mind, but then I don't know what happened one day. I just applied for a PT course. That's cool. And studied. Yeah. So I worked and then I studied two nights a week and one Saturday. Finished the course and, yeah, I just ran my own little boot camp sort of out of a childcare centre. I was asked to – a play centre yeah. um, near me and I was really grateful for that opportunity and those people actually followed me across to Next Gen as well. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, when I was qualified, I just thought, oh, I'll just run some boot camps and then – loved it so I didn't leave nursing because I didn't like it and I'm a massive massive believer in if you don't like your job get out life (laughs) is full of choices and there's 168 hours a week and you spend so many of those at work that if you don't like it don't stay in it you can swear if you want (laughs) you can rein it in no swear um but yes I am a big believer in that so I've never jobs that I didn't like I left and there was only one but, um, yeah, so I never left nursing because I didn't like it. I just loved PT more. It's um, not a bad problem to have mm, to yeah. leave something that you like because you love something more. Yeah, yeah, awesome. for sure. And then given the opportunity to work at Next Gen was awesome. So that, yeah. Easy decision to make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you spoke about your kids a little bit at the start. Yeah. What, what, are the, what are the traits or the things that you want to instill in them while they're growing up? How old are they? Uh, Siobhan is nine and Isla is six. Yeah. 
and um, they keep me on my toes. Um, what traits do I want? They I want them to be. Though, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Um, I want them to be. I just want them to be happy with what they're trying at. Yep. So they don't have to be perfect at everything, mm-hmm. but they have to give things a go. So, for example. Siobhan at school, well, she doesn't like doing cross country because she doesn't like running (laughs) and that's fine. I don't mind that, but I still encourage her to do it, which she always has. Um, and what I don't like though, this, I don't know how this is going to go down, but whatever, it's coming out of my mouth. Um, I don't like that every single child gets a competitor's ribble. (laughs) It drives me crazy. <coughs> we so, could go down a rabbit hole here. Yeah, I, I, so could, let's I, not. Could, I could argue for a while, but what, why, why not? Like, because I think people that are good in their sports and good in what they practice all the time deserve first, second and third. That's it. Yeah. And I do understand from an encouragement side of things, yeah. but I don't know, like you didn't get first, second and third. It doesn't mean you're terrible, but you didn't get first, second or third. Like yeah. it's fine. It's yeah. fine to not get a ribbon for everything. It's fine to not get, Oh, anyway. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> get annoyed. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel very, very similar. And I think it's, we kind of create created or a society has been created where people need validation for every, little, yeah. every little thing they yeah. do. Like they need a pat on the back for rocking up to work. Yeah. Um, they need a pat on the back for doing the work and then they need a pat on the back for, you know, all the little extra things they do. But, you know, I think, and you're, you're a perfect example of it. If you take pride in all of those things, even if you suck at it, you still feel good yeah. because you're working hard and you're learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting one. Yeah. The, Chinese factory that makes all of those red, yellow, green, and then participation ribbons. Oh, mate, they're laughing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. Tell me, yeah. tell me about your learning. So you moved from nursing to PT because you wanted to study something. Yep. The learning hasn't stopped, has it? No, I think it's because I absolutely love this industry. I actually, oh, I don't know. Well, one, you can never know enough. Um, but like the mindset side of things. So obviously we both know handing people a weight is easy. 5% of our job. Yeah, that's right. But building people's mental muscle and having people realize that um, they are capable of a lot more that they than they actually realize. Um, okay, so for example, weight loss. I deal a lot with weight loss because mm-hmm. I've lost a fair bit myself. But... Um, just the stories that they tell themselves, like, oh, I can't lose weight. Well, you can. <laughs> you've just got to do the right thing. And it's just those, it's that hard wiring that you've had in your brain from instilled from a young age, yep. you know, 99% fat free and all that sort of stuff. Like I had to retrain my brain from all of that stuff, which I found so hard when I first lost weight. Yeah. That for people to realize that just by retraining their brain and given different focuses and you know, writing things down is, you know, a huge part of error. So I'll do any, if, yeah. So I've done a lot of mindset. Mindset work? Yeah. Yeah. Which I. Yeah. And then love. like the hard, the hard thing, well, it's not a hard thing, but the thing is it's, it's not like for the people that are struggling to lose weight or struggling to make changes, it's not your fault. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like mm. it's, you like it's not your fault, but it's still not poor you. It's just this is the way it is, yeah. and you've got to figure out what are the things 
that allow you to start changing your behavior. Yeah. Because if you maintain the same behavior, it's going to be exactly the same and nothing's going to change. Yeah. Talk to us about your weight loss because you come from a position of knowing rather yeah. than just telling. Yeah. So tell me about, talk to me about your weight loss. Um, so <clears throat> I, I get, I played basketball all my junior years and I played and trained. It ended up being like seven days a week Yeah. between domestic, different domestic comps and rep basketball. And once I turned 18 and I was just partying <laughs> a little, um, I don't know. I guess I just started to gain weight. I was never, ever small. So I was never what I used to call, what I would normally call skinny. I was never that frame. I was never small. And I, all I wanted to be was at the time skinny. Yeah. So I stopped playing basketball and then all the weight piled on. Actually, I got my license. I reckon that's what it was. I got my license and then I drive through Maccas and, you know, cause it was easy and I drink Coke. So I used to drink. Oh, 30 cans, oh God, 30 cans of Coke Zero a week. A week? Yeah. And in my that's, head... That's four, this, four and a it's half disgusting. a day. It's disgusting when I think about it now. Yeah. And it was complete habit. Was, so it was, was one of those... Normal? Yeah. And it was one of those stories that I told myself, it's sugar-free, so it's fine. Oh, my God. Um, but uh, then... So I... I, yeah, so I put on weight from 18, lost it, put it on, lost it, put it on. So I would go and try Weight Watchers. Great, I'd lose weight, then I'd reward myself with <laughs> crap food. That didn't help me get there in the first place. And I guess over time, you know, weight gain happened. Yeah. Then I had to do IVF to have kids and told myself. And, uh, well, I didn't really feel stressed by it Yeah. mentally. Just financially, it was stressful for me. Um, and... We had Siobhan and we were successful with Siobhan and then in between, so we had nine attempts all up in IVF, long story short, nine (laughs) attempts in IVF, Siobhan was first go successful, we had seven or eight other attempts, Isla was our ninth, in those eight attempts, six of them I fell pregnant with and lost at some stage and two of them were just a complete negative, then we had Isla. So... In that whole time... What was the time frame? Is that the, so obviously three years uh, between... Yeah, so there's three and a half years between them. So we started insane. trying for our second when Siobhan was six months old. Yeah. So it was like bang, 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 bang. What, so, what was that like? Um, the first... So we had Siobhan. We were successful. We had the second one. I fell pregnant and yeah. I lost it. And I thought my whole world had ended. I could not stop crying. Yeah. I was so ridiculously upset. I was like, why is this happening to me? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and then, so I was like that for like two days. And then I was like, oh my God, Susan, get your shit together. Like, this is not normally you. Like, get your shit together. Yeah. You can't, um, you can't keep going like this or you'll never have another That's a pretty quick, tur- quick turnaround, two days. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm usually <laughs> at 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm upset about something, I give myself 24 hours to be upset about it and then yeah. move on. So... That was actually a long time for me and I couldn't even handle being that upset for that long because I'm not a massive crier or anything. Um, And then, yeah, I just said, all right, get it together. You will not try again if you let this, like, continue in this downward spiral that you're heading in. And then I woke up the next day and I was fine. And then, yeah, just continued on with life and then tried again. And then when the next one we fell pregnant with again and we lost it, um, I was like, okay, you've got 24 hours, then you're fine. And I was but that's and that's just how I am with life. That's just how you are. That's, that's pretty cool because like is that just a like you taking complete ownership of the situation and going well, 
it's happened, I can't control it. I'll allow myself a small period of time to feel what I need to feel and then it's yeah. on with whatever you got to do. But I didn't realize that at the time. Yeah. So I'm a massive believer now in control your controllables and I know you know Craig Harper. So I'm a yeah. massive massive believer in control your controllables now, but I didn't realize that's what I was doing at the time. So I didn't realize I was just like just get over it. Yeah. Like Nothing's going to bring it back. Where do you think that came from? Is that like, is that um, just you naturally? That's who you are? Or is it something that like you developed or it was ingrained by someone else? Um, I reckon I was, I wasn't as headstrong as I am now in primary school. Yeah. But as soon as high school hit, I feel like I was a lot, or maybe halfway through high school. Yeah. I feel like I was a lot more headstrong. I don't really know why. I don't know whether it was just growing up or what it was, but. Because that resilience is probably not normal in today's society mm. with most people like yeah. that ability to be able to for lack of a better term shrug it off yeah <laughs> deal with it and shrug yeah. it off um that's pretty cool yeah it's just how it and it's just stayed with me i just <laughs> that's just how it is how it is yeah yeah, yeah. so how's how's <clears throat> that so from those three and a half years in between yeah is was it just like one roadblock after another one, like trip up, stand back up, yeah. dust yourself off, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So initially prior to us finding out we had to do IVF, yeah. when we were trying to have kids, we had spoken about, cause we were struggling and we've yeah. spoken about what if we can't have them. And we both agreed at this time that it's fine. If we can't have kids, we can't have kids. Like life goes on. We can go mm-hmm. traveling, do this, that, and the other. But as soon as that doctor sat there and goes, you can't have kids naturally. Yeah. We walked out of there and went, okay, let's try whatever we can to yeah. have them. And if we can't have them, then that's fine. But yeah. Try. So initially, yeah, but to try. So we did um, acupuncture and Chinese medicine. So I did it with religiously with Siobhan, felt pregnant with her and kept it. Yeah. And then kind of sporadically the whole time, the rest of the time, and then did full on acupuncture when we had Isla. Yeah. So whether it's... Whether it worked or whether it didn't, I actually have no idea. Correlation, causation, doesn't matter. So, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Well, how, did your, how did your health and, I guess, weight fluctuate through that period? Um, Were you still ticking over 30 cans a week? Yeah. The uh, whole time? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's gnarly. Yeah, and but I had a really bad... Like, I, I've lost 45 kilos, so I was... <laughs> I'm aware. I was fairly overweight. <laughs> um, and then after I had Isla... Oh, so long story after I had Isla. So I ended up sick and had to have brain surgery. And then it was after that that I was like, I am legit going to burst through my skin if I don't do something about it. I love how you've just rolled through, I lost 45 kilos. And then <laughs> you just rolled through, oh, I had brain surgery. And then you just keep talking. Let's just rewind a little bit. Talk to me about that 45 kilos. Okay, so... Let's just hit, let's hit that on the head first. How did, like, how does one go about losing 45 kilos oh okay well this was post brain surgery when people were in a, we're, we'll we're going go to go back to that okay so um i called my cousin he's a pt in ireland still is and i said to him you need to help me because i need to lose weight good i'm way too overweight and he's like oh take a photo and have a look at the photo and i was like in my head i was like this photo's gonna do jack shit so i stood in front of the mirror and i took the photo and it is to this i never thought i'd look at it again there's kids toys in the background didn't even tidy yeah. because i never thought i would look at them again and they are the photos i look at the most to this Maybe. day because i never ever want to go back there anywhere near there be that unhealthy be in that mindset i don't want to be in that mindset um and then he goes whatever you eat make sure it's real food cool so 
I did. And if it wasn't real food, I didn't eat it. And that's still how I lost. So I lost my first 10 kilos before I went to next gen. And that's how I lost it. I just put real food in my mouth. That was it. And then yeah, got to next gen and they were doing meal plans or actually guide guiding us to eat back then. Yeah. And so it was still the same food, real food. And yeah, I just continued to sort of drop weight and then it put me on a meal plan and I continued to drop weight and I've been on a meal plan ever since she put me on my first one. And I just, I like that structure. I like, it's one less thing I have to think about. Great. I just pick up a container and I just, yeah, I just don't think about it. Yeah, so it's one of those like you're taking decision fatigue away yeah. from away from. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. What <coughs> if if like with your with your clients? What advice do you give them? Do you show them the photo you took and talk to them about how much difference that made? Or yeah, a lot person of person. A lot of my clients have seen the photo. Like yeah. will say to me that they've seen the photo. Yeah. Um, but I am pretty probably brutal sometimes like if i hear the same excuse over and over again i've used it for starters Mm -hmm. so yeah so the majority of the excuses that they come to me with i've used or if they say i've stuck to my meal plan and nothing's changed then you haven't (laughs) stuck to your meal plan because it would change and it's not next gen science it's like worldwide it's just it's just just, just trusting the process yeah Yeah. um so yeah i don't know i just yeah like, pump, pump, sometimes pump, it's out of my mouth before pump, I have yeah there's, nothing, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that though like mm. I think it's and they do really well yeah and I was there once like yeah. I'm very open with I was there like I'm where I was where you are right now and the struggle to lose weight yeah is just as hard as it is for me today keeping the weight off like yeah. I have to think every single day about what goes into my mouth it's not like it's smooth sailing now yeah it's the same well, that's, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't get easier. Yeah. Like, you just... I don't know. I don't know whether you get more resilient at at doing the things you need to do or more disciplined or whatever. But, like, for example, you're, you're the same. What time do you usually start? Um, get up about 4, 4.30. Yeah, so that's insane. So, you're like... Yeah. You get up, like, half an hour, an hour before me. Um, and I feel like I get up early and my brain hurts getting up. And every morning, like, it doesn't matter... Like, some mornings you feel better, but every morning I, like, hate getting out of bed. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Like, I just, I love sleep. So, like, I'm not a morning person. And, like... You need to change that's your a focus. Co- that's a cop-out because anyone that says they're not a morning person just needs to start getting out mornings. I love the mornings. I love being up at the gym, 5.36, ready to go, ready to train, ready to make people better. But that 15 seconds from laying down in bed to feet on the floor hurts <laughs> it hurts my soul and I like I still struggle with it how much sleep do you get you get like I'm trying I'm, sleep. no no I'm trying to get more than seven hours sleep okay. like that's my that's my minimums that I'm trying to hit and I've been real shit the last couple of weeks yep um, World Cup hasn't helped doing some more PM sometimes coaching hasn't helped yeah <laughs> sometimes we don't tick the boxes but but I guess like that for me doesn't get any easier like that morning morning stuff so it's really important for people who are going through behavior change and yeah. trying to change it to yeah. understand that it doesn't really get easier no like you not you never get to that day where you're like yep i'm good now i can chill out yeah um and i liken it like to training as well you never training never really gets easier as you get better yeah you just give yourself a bigger challenge that's right and yeah. that's life yeah um and if we can get into that mindset the more people that can get into that mindset the 
the better the world's going to be because we're going to have less people looking for participation trophies and more people yeah. actually achieving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You had brain surgery. I did. <laughs> God. Um, so after we had Isla, mm-hmm. about seven weeks later, I, I don't know, it was about midday and I got this horrific headache. And it did not go for four months. So um, I don't even think I was doing much, to be honest, that I can remember. I know I was out because I I was driving home and I thought, God, my vision's gone all funny. I wonder what that's about. Yeah. And yeah, got home. I rang my husband at the time and um, asked him if he could come home. He was pouring concrete. So I rang my mum to come to the house. Yeah. So she usually drives slow. I reckon she got there from Roville in about five minutes. (laughs) So Isla, yeah, Isla was seven weeks old at this point. Yeah. And I just, I just had headaches. I have no explanation for it. So I went to bed, got up, still felt crap during the night, got up to Isla, still felt crap. So yeah. it just got progressively, it was never good. It got progressively worse and then just stayed bad. Yeah. Okay. So I reckon it got progressively worse for about two weeks and then just stayed. So did oh you, God, like, crazy. obviously you would have gone through all the normal, like, headache remedies like aspirin yeah. and water and yeah because i just thought it was a migraine i was like yeah. holy crap people that get migraines this is hell i can't see properly mm. i can't even look after my child so i would have so siobhan was a three-year-old kinder so that was hardly any hours in the week so i had both the kids home the most of the time yeah and but i would hold be holding isla anthony would come home from work i would hand him isla the youngest and close my eyes the only reason I know I closed my eyes is because all I remember was waking up. I don't yeah. remember going to sleep. And apparently insane. I just lay my head on, cause I always had to like lay my head on like the couch, like I was slouching Yeah. Um, on the couch because to hold my head up, the weight of it really? was not pleasant. That's <laughs> insane. Terrible. So that was day in, day out from March until June. Yeah. And I'd been to multiple doctors. I'd had doctors at the house. Yeah. So I'd seen five doctors in that time. Yeah. And they all said, oh, it's a virus or you're a new mum because Isla was so young. She yeah. still woke at night. So she would wake at, but she would only wake at 2 a.m. for a yeah. feed and then go back to sleep. So yeah, it's not yeah. like I did not have a tough for a, yeah. a new mum. So you didn't get any help from them? No, everyone no. just ignored it. Yeah. No one checked my eyes. My GP checked my eyes yeah. and she was great, but she didn't see anything at the time. Mm. And then... Um, she went overseas, so I took myself to emergency that night because I just felt terrible. I felt yeah. like my eyes were bulging out of my head. Like, yeah, I felt yeah. like I looked funny. Yeah. Like, when I come into training and I go, my head's bad. Yeah. I feel like I look funny to people because my eyes just... My yeah. eye sockets hurt. Yeah. My eyeballs yeah, it's hurt. Gnarly. It's horrendous. Anyway. So, then took myself to emergency at a particular hospital in the eastern suburbs, which mm-hmm. shall remain nameless. <laughs> and they completely fobbed me off. So the doctor came in and he goes, Oh, so you've got headaches. And I'm like, yes, I've had them 24 seven for months. And he said, or for two months at that time. And he said, um, so do you want a CT scan? And I said, Oh, that'd be great, please. And I was sitting like this on the bed. Yeah. And I said, Oh, that'd be great. Thanks. And he goes, it's a little bit dramatic. Don't you think? And I was like, fucker. (laughs) So I didn't, I couldn't even comment. Like I didn't normally my feisty self would have, revved up definitely but I was just like in this everyone was ignoring it I knew there was something wrong but then I was like second guessing myself at that point because we're in May now and then you think you're crazy and yeah yeah. so then I was like okay maybe I am losing my mind maybe I am making this up whatever so then he said 
well, there's nothing wrong with you. Don't have a bacterial infection or anything like that. And I was like, okay, no worries. And then when I was leaving, he said, oh, I'm going to give you a broad spectrum antibiotic. And I said, if I've got a virus, I don't have a bacterial infection. Why are you giving me antibiotics? So I know I'd full crack the shits by this point because yeah. he hadn't even checked my eyes when I told him that they were bulging out of my head. <laughs> so I just took the um, script and yeah. I just ripped it up and put it in the bin as I was walking out the door. I was fuming. Yeah. And my mum had come with me because Anthony was home with the kids. And yeah, I said to mum, I reckon it's postnatal depression. Like I am not okay. I don't think I'm going to do anything stupid, but just keep an eye on me. Cause mm. yeah, I don't, yeah, don't know, but I was very sick. That's some solid self-awareness to be able to like say that, I guess being a nurse helped. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so I went home and then two weeks later, mum said to me, she had the kids again on Wednesday. So my mum took like three months off work because every single day I needed her at some point. Yeah, a month. <laughs> Saved my life. So then, yeah, she was there one particular Wednesday and she said, this is ridiculous. Go and see your GP and mm-hmm. ask for a CT scan. Yeah. Anyway, so I went up there and asked for a CT scan. She looked in my eyes again. She said, you're not going to get in for a CT scan this late. Why don't you just go to your local optometrist and have your eyes checked? Anyway, and I said, oh, okay, no worries. She goes, I can't see anything, but then my room may not be dark enough. So on my way home, I rang OPSM at Knox at the time and said, have you got any appointments by any chance that I'll be able to be squeezed in? She goes, we've got one in half an hour. Can you get here? So I, in my head, I was like, hmm. And I've never had eye issues ever. And I was like, hmm, things happen for a reason. I wonder why I got (laughs) in so quick. So anyway, I went to Knox. This guy took one look in my eye and went, oh, fuck. Yeah. And he didn't know me from a bar of soap. I'd never seen him before. I'd never had eye issues. I'd never had anything. And he's like, um, he said, um, you're bleeding into your retinas, into both of your retinas. Yeah. So all he could see in my eye, see that binder of that book? It's bright red. That's what yeah. the back, that's what the back oh, of my yeah. eye looked like. So For those it was playing like at a, home, the book is in, ca- in fact, bright red. It's quite bright red. <laughs> if you're wondering, it's actually bright red. Good. Carry on. <laughs> um, Anyway, so he said, I'm going to take some photos and I'm going to show you a normal eye and I'm going to show you your eye. Oh, so yeah. he did that. So I you can't, couldn't see anything in the back of my eye except oh, for yeah. red. Couldn't see my optic nerve. Couldn't see anything going on in there. They were both really red. That's heavy. So there was too much pressure on my brain, which was making, like causing that yeah. problem. So he said, you need to go to emergency. Yeah. And he goes, and I'm going to drive you. Mm. And I said, oh, I've been driving around with this for months. So now... And he's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, don't worry about it. Like, I'll just ring my husband and he'll just come and take me. But prior to this, I went to, like, say, the local shops. And I crashed my car twice into two poles. And I was like, I am not that shit a parker. How have I hit (laughs) these poles? I've parked in this place for years. But twice I had damaged my car and gone home with, like, lies because I was like, I don't even know how I was so bad. But that's why, because I couldn't see properly. So I kept saying it's like there's a sticky note. So this eye, there's a sticky note left eye. Yeah. Um, When I rung my finger across it, there was a blank spot and it feels like I needed to scratch something out of it. Yeah. So that was the blood clot. So did it feel like that for the whole time? From, for about... Six weeks prior. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And it just kept getting gradually worse. Yeah. And you would have spoken to people that have they get migraines and have migraines and stuff and, and they would have been describing symptoms. Uh, I didn't really talk to that. anyone. I just stayed home. Like yeah. my head was so heavy. I was so sick. I was just, 
I don't know, it was just in all sorts. I couldn't yeah, I couldn't go to the shops because very often because I was so like weak at the time, like as yeah. it progressed. Yeah, the headaches just stayed the same, but like my body just got weaker and weaker and weaker. And for me to walk into Coles and get a whole grocery shop did not happen. Yeah. I had to go like a couple of times. That's crazy. But then because everyone kept telling me I was fine, I was like, just push through, you'll be fine. Just push through, you'll yeah. be fine. So... Yeah, so then he said, you have to go to emergency. So I reeled off these hospitals that I wouldn't go to. So we came up with the Austin that I went to and they yeah. saved my goddamn life. I reeled off these hospitals I wouldn't go to. Good. <laughs> I like that. But the Austin's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I went to emergency there. He did he rang. drive you or did you drive? I drove. So yeah. I drove home. Of course you did. And I walked inside and then I just lost it. I burst into tears. I'm like, I fucking knew there was something wrong. Why didn't anyone fucking believe me? <laughs> I was absolutely uncontrollably distraught there was yeah. no controlling your controllables then <laughs> i was just out of control in tears um but yeah then i got it together and we went to the hospital and i just begged them i said please god don't send me home until you until you find out something until yeah. you know you know something anyway so then i was in there until 2 a.m and then they um admitted me but in three hours of being at that hospital, I'd been triaged, which is the nurse at the front. I'd had two lots of bloods done, a CT scan, um, a lumbar puncture, which is a needle into your spine, which was not pleasant. Um, and a neurologist came down to see me. So that was, I was, yeah. I was really impressed by that. Yeah, and I realized that they knew that I was sicker by then, but yeah, I was impressed by that. But my lumbar puncture, um, the level of your lumbar puncture needs to be below 20. And mine was at 18 at that point. And then I had another one the next day and it was at 22. Mm -hmm. So the pressure in my spine was building rapidly, which could lead to blindness, stroke or death. Far out. So. Three things that we uh, aren't looking for. Yeah, correct. <laughs> so, yep, I was admitted into hospital, had heaps of tests done, couldn't walk anywhere, just stayed in bed the whole time, just had my head on a pillow because it was too heavy to lift. And then it was a long weekend in June of that year. And I said to the neurologist, can I please go home? Like, can I please go home to my kids? And he said, you can go home for the weekend. If it gets worse, then you need to come back. This is the full version, by the way. Yeah, full version is good. <laughs> so I went home and kept checking my vision. I still felt crap. I felt zero difference from any medication that they'd given me to yeah. try and stop the pressure build up. And then, so I kept checking my vision. It got to Sunday. My vision was worse in my left eye again. So I rang because he said to me, make sure you ring and come straight in if there's any changes. Yeah, cool. No worries. So I ring and whoever answered the phone said, I said, oh, I meant to come back in if my vision's got worse or my vision has got worse. I said, I've been in there for the last, I don't know, over a week. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I said, I have to come back in. And this person said to me, well, your doctor's not going to come in on a long weekend. So just go to your outpatient's appointment oh. on Thursday. And in my head, I was like, Oh God, okay, no worries. I was like, yep, sweet. No worries. They just told me that I need to definitely come in. And he's like, well, they're not going to come in. So there's no real point. Like nothing's going to change. All right, no worries. Hung up the phone. Went to my outpatient's appointment on Thursday yeah. and the shit hit the fan. Yeah. So I went in there and they checked my eyes and she's like, why are you not in hospital? This is disgusting. You should not be here. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I was like, well, actually told her the story about what happened, the conversation. Yeah. Thankfully I didn't know names, <laughs> but, um, thankfully for someone. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, yeah, so I told her the story. So she said, you are going straight back over there. Yeah. You are staying in hospital until we resolve this, blah, blah, blah. So, and I said, well, it's obviously got worse. And she goes, you've got three clots in that eye and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Yeah. So I went back over to the hospital Sat in emergency and then within, I don't know, 20 seconds of being in emergency, they go, Susan Bell? And I was like, 
yeah, that's me. I go, I don't need a wheelchair. They came out with a wheelchair. I go, I don't need a wheelchair. I'm sweet to walk. And they said, yeah. you're sitting in here and we're taking you straight upstairs. Yeah. So I was back on the ward and I was like, sweet, no worries. I'll sit in your wheelchair. <laughs> anyway, so up I went and they did another lumbar puncture. Now over the course of this whole time I had, this was my fourth lumbar puncture. So it's gone from 18 yeah. and this one So it was, needs to be under 20, yeah? Yeah, so it needs to be under 20 18 to 38. 20. Oh, Jesus. So they said, you're not going home. And everyone panicked. So then, of course, I panicked. Yeah. And Natural reaction. Yeah. So the next, they said, you're not going home. That's fine. This was 8.30 at night. Okay, no worries. And then the next morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, the head neurologist came in who was looking after me and he was great, um, came in and he said... He closed the curtains, so I knew it was something serious. And he goes, the surgeons are coming down to tell you you need emergency brain surgery, and I just want you to be okay. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? We've never discussed that I'd be having brain surgery. Yeah. So that was the first time that, the, the, like, brain surgery was yeah. yeah, yeah. And I said, I can't have brain surgery today. I haven't seen my kids. And he said, and I found it, I actually found it really hard for my kids to come into hospital because yeah. I was so sick and I didn't want to say bye, especially because they were so young mm. and that was terrible for me yeah um so yeah so he said that and i said oh okay well i don't really give two shits i just need this headache gone so whatever needs to happen then that's fine that needs to happen anyway and he's like are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm fine i just want these headaches gone he goes you're taking this very well susan i just want to make sure you're okay because you are going to crash and burn you've been fine this whole time and you are going to crash and burn i'm like no nah, i'm fine I just want the headaches gone. When am I having it? Yeah. And he's like, today at 10 o'clock. And I was yeah. like, I can't fucking have it today. No, I'm not having it today. And he said, why? And I said, I haven't seen my kids. I haven't, no, I, no, I can't have it today. Yeah. So then that was the Friday. And he said, okay, well, nothing's going to get worse over the weekend. And if it does, I will make sure that you're in there. And I said, okay. So it was Monday morning. So first thing Monday morning. So I saw my kids on the weekend yeah. and told my family and stuff. And well, before he left, he said to me, so this has gone really bad really quickly and we can't stop this bleeding. Mm. And if you don't have this within two weeks, you will be blind, have a stroke or die. And oh, yeah. like of those three, I would not want to be here because yeah. I don't want to be dependent and I don't want to be blind. So, you know, I, yeah, that was, I just said, fine, do it. Like whatever. I'll have it on Monday. That's fine. So then my kids came in and I had to see them. I didn't tell them what was happening. Oh, I didn't tell someone what was happening. Yeah. Um, but that was extremely hard to say bye to them on the Sunday because one, we didn't really, we, we didn't know what this was caused by. All yeah. of my test results came back fine. Like there was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing clinically that's crazy. Apart from, yeah, just the pressure. But what caused the pressure, we don't know. And we'll never know. And probably because so many doctors fucked around and didn't believe me at the start. But yep. whatever. That's my own little beef with it. <laughs> so, anyway, Monday rocks around. And, yeah, I had the brain surgery. And, I don't know, came out of, the, came out of surgery and I instantly... I just didn't have a headache and I came <laughs> back to, normal. he came in to see me and he said, the neurologist, and he's like, Suze, how are you going? And I said, I haven't got a fucking headache. I have not got a headache. This is the first time in so long I haven't got a headache. It's amazing. And then I went back to the ward and the nurses were amazing because I'd been in there for so long as well and I knew one of them, but um, they were brilliant and they were like, how are you? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm so fine. I don't have a headache. And they're like, oh my God. That's the best. And then I just got up the next day. Walked around, yeah. discharged two days later. I was just... Carried on with your life. Yeah. What did they actually do? 
Like, so what, they what attached, was the procedure? <clears throat> so they cut a horseshoe in the back of my head. They attached a shunt to the top right-hand side of my brain. Mm-hmm. And that shunt ran down the back of my head, down the side of my neck, down the back of my sternum and into my stomach to release that pressure. So there was a little cap just that flicks up and down on the top. And once the pressure got too high, the cap would open, pressure would be released, fluid would be released. Yeah. So I had that in and they manual, there's an adjuster down the bottom of your skull. Yeah. And new technology they use, which I had, they use a magnet to tighten it and loosen it depending on how much pressure you have, how many, like how bad your headaches are and all that sort of stuff. So I had to go in and get that adjusted every fortnight. Um, And up until this day, I still have reviews at the Austin. So that's been a long time, but they won't discharge me from that because they don't know why it happened. So they don't want it to sort of come back. Yeah. And it affects. It's pretty crazy. They still don't know. Yeah, it's actually, that's the most frustrating. I can handle any part of that process. Control the controls, mate. Yeah, it's just frustrating. (laughs) I'm like, I just want an answer Yeah. because of the reaction that I get now when I fly and train and stuff. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I had that put in and then maybe six months down the track. So then I started training and losing weight. Yeah. And, um, so that, those 10 kilos you lost, that was kind of the kickstart of that? Yeah, so oh, I had this oh, first oh. lot of surgery yeah. in the June, yeah. and then I took that photo in the September, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't pregnant, I wasn't anything, even though I looked pregnant in it, but took the photo in the September after I'd spoken to my cousin, and then started eating well and losing weight, and joined Next Gen in the May of the following year. Amazing. So, yeah, but in that time, I reckon about six months after I had it put in, it was like people with long hair will know this, male or female, when you tie your hair up and there's a tight bit and you have to pull on it to, like, release it almost from your hair tie, it was that feeling on the inside of my head. It actually nearly drove me crazy. Yeah. Because I just kept pulling out my, like... Skin. Yeah, just trying to release it and just wouldn't. So I'd spoken to them about that. They, you know, at the time they were like this isn't normal, but this is like a normal procedure. We do this procedure all the time and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know, but this is driving me crazy. And yeah. I realized that this has been the biggest drama. <laughs> my life is never dramatic. And this is the biggest drama I've ever had to deal with, yeah. but it's driving me crazy. So after a period of time, they um, agreed to have it taken out, but then it took another six months before they actually took it, took out. it out. So how long were you dealing with that feeling? 18 for? months. Wowzers. Yeah. So you went from headaches for four months to dealing with that for 18 months. Yeah. And at the time they didn't want to like do two brain surgeries that close together. Mm. So I guess that's what we were trying to avoid as well. But in the end they agreed to have it taken out. And because I said to them, if I need this put back in, I am a hundred percent happy to suck that up and put it back in. But right now this is driving me nuts. This feeling just Just pinching the whole time. Yeah. So I went back in in the Jan of 2014. Was it the Jan? No. What year are we in now? 2018. Um, I think. Yeah, the Jan of 2014. Yep. Yeah. Um, and had it taken out. And when I was in waiting to go in for surgery, I said to the nurse, I said, how long does this procedure take? She goes, oh, 45 minutes. I'm like, sweet, no worries. Anyway, so then I was nice and relaxed and ready to go. And I came out and my husband at the time said to me, oh, I'm going to go home. And I was like, go home. And I was still out of it. Yeah. And I said, go home. What do you mean? I've been here for five minutes. He's like, it's 8.30 at night and I went in at 
Really? So long one? Yeah. So it took three and a half hours because that pulling feeling was it tangled in my brain. So they went in to the went in and tried to just pull the, unclip the tubing and pull it out, which yeah. was the quick procedure. But when they went to pull on it, they couldn't get it out. And so... It was tangled in your brain. Yeah, sounds dramatic. They are, those are three words that you wouldn't expect yeah, to so ever I hear don't, together. Yeah. So let's go with it wasn't very tangled. I don't know. I don't know. Tangled in my brain. That's, that's, that's gnarly. But anyway, it was in a place it wasn't yeah, meant to be, which yeah, is pulling. Gotcha. Um, so they couldn't get it out. Yeah, so they could, when they pulled on it, they couldn't get it out. So yeah. then they had to do a bigger procedure and go back into the original spot and take it out. So Lovely. it took three and a half hours. Far out. But anyway, I recovered and whatever. Yeah. Oh, but whatever. <laughs> I love that nonchalantness. That's awesome. So what? So then what happened? Then you back to training and back to moving and yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't. What I was ate the recovery like, like. Oh, recovery was great. Yeah, so you're pretty good. Pretty so quick. good. I think because yeah. I was so unbelievably sick beforehand that anything was better than yeah. that. Anything was better than that dark hole I was going down, and I just I didn't have a headache. Like it was. I was fine. The next day I was like, I am completely fine. Awesome. Get up and just walk. So I did. And then they're like, you can go home. I'm like, awesome. Catch up. <laughs> See ya. This time I will not be back. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's all, and it's been good since? Like being good. I will talk about the when it's not good. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. been good in the fact that you haven't had to go back into yeah. surgery. Yeah. So they yeah. check up on me. They were checking up on me every three months for a long, long time. Long, 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 long time. Yeah. And then it stretched out maybe a year or so ago to every six months. Yeah. And now I'm at nine months. Um, maybe six weeks ago was my yep. last one. So I don't have to see them now for nine months. Awesome. Yeah, because things just don't change. Good. Then, so. But you still get that headachey feeling occasionally. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. I know you've experienced it. Um, so the side effects of the brain surgery for me are... Like it affects me when I'm training and now when I'm flying, I wasn't allowed to fly for a long period of time until the last 12 months. I was given the all clear to fly, but that's another story in a sec. But in terms of training, um, nothing specific affects it each time. Yeah, so it's, it's different. Yeah. So I can't say, oh, I can't do squats with a barbell on my back because that'll affect my head. I do them and sometimes it's fine and sometimes it's not. Well, we did about 40 squats this morning, so <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> and I'm fine. Um, and some days I go training and I'm completely fine. Sometimes I'll go and get under a barbell and I have to get out of that gym quick smart because mm. things are going pear-shaped real yep. quick. So I don't have any warning that it's coming. I don't have, like, I train with Chris a lot at Next Gen and... I trained with Ebb prior to that, and so they've both seen... Oh, you've probably seen me up... Yeah, you've seen me at my worst as well. So um, sometimes I'll be in a session and I'll be so fine at the start, and then I'll be so not okay. Mm. And I'll just need someone to just keep saying, just get through that, just get me to the end of the session because I just want to keep training. Because if I stopped, I know that, you know, a lot of people say to me, well, you can't train when you're like that. But if I did not train every single time my head was bad, I would never train. Mm. And that's not an option for me. Yeah. Like that is not an option. So I just do what I can in the session that I'm in and mm. get to the end. But in terms of how it, I don't know how to describe it. So I feel like my eyes look funny when my head's bad. I get, uh, I get, I'm just spaced out. I'm just um, a little bit out of it. And in between breaks, in between like stuff that I'm doing, I have to lie down. Like I cannot hold my head up. Yeah. And it's just heavy and all through my neck. 
I have it treated every three weeks and have had since round two of surgery. Yeah. So it's a long time. Um, so that I'm okay. Like, and it's, that sounds dramatic. It's not that I'm not okay, but sometimes it just comes on randomly. Like if I don't have my head treated to have like my skin on one side of my head doesn't move properly when mm. it needs to be treated, which is now yeah. post flight. And, um, yeah, so I stay on top of that, but still it will affect me when I'm training. Yeah. So it's like I'm inside a cloud and I cannot get out of there. So it's very, very hard for me. Mm. And I'll turn it on when I need to. But if I'm just sitting with like the guys, like Eb, Amy, Chris, Terry, yeah. whoever at the factory, I completely switch off. Well, I don't switch off, but I just have to lie there and, you yeah. know, speak when I need to speak or whatever. Not like right now. What do you do to manage that feeling? There's not a lot that I can do. Yeah. I just have to get through it. Yeah, um, and then get a massage or get get treatment. Yeah. Which is just like massage. Yeah, neck, so it's just a head. cranial cranial massage and all down through my neck yeah. and sometimes I do my back, but that equally makes me extremely sick. So yeah. for four days potentially after I've had it worked on, I'm not great either. Yeah. So say for two weeks of the month, I'm fine, Yeah. I guess. But I still get reminded every day that this has happened. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but you're always smiling, regardless, <laughs> and I love that. Thanks. Do you, like, do you some days are you still like why me, or is it? No, are you still. I've just, never been why me ever, ever. I would never wish this upon yeah. people I despise. Well, yeah. I despise so many people, but <laughs> I would How many not. People do you hate me? <laughs> I would not. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Absolutely yeah. not. I am um, definitely. I don't know. It's but it was terrible to go through. I wouldn't want anyone to experience yeah. it for sure, and to have this on like this is my life now. Yeah. What's what is it? What has it taught you about life? Like, do you have have you had like a like a, moment. a light bulb moments or an aha um, moments or like like a defining moment where it's just been like you know this has taught me this or has it just been lots of little moments. No, well, probably lots of little moments, maybe. I'm not, there was definitely not one massive moment because at the time my kids were young, so all I wanted to do was function and be okay for them. It affected Siobhan a lot because she was three and I went into hospital. I went to the doctors and never came home basically, Mm. twice. So I went in to have my eyes checked, came home, was a basket case when I saw the poor child Mm. and then went straight into hospital, did not come back home that night. Yeah. And then the second time I went in for my outpatient's appointment for my eyes and I was taken straight back in. So I have to now have appointments. Well, she's at school now, so it's easier. But I always have to have appointments during school hours because I don't want her to know that I'm going because it's still, you know. She's like, I'll make sure you come home, Mum. Yeah, I'm coming home. Yeah, that must be be hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I try and, I guess, not tell them as much, but they... If I, so I've got pretty heavy painkillers to take when it's really bad, like when it really affects me. And I'll only take them if I have to function for my kids because they pick up on it every single time. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was, oh yeah, when I cancelled, I was Mm. really sick and just couldn't move. I couldn't, just needed to get, just needed to lie down. And I picked them up from school and I thought I was fine. And Siobhan's like, what's wrong with your head, isn't it? So she picks up on it really easily. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like... 
have you had talked to her about yeah. everything that's happened yeah. and yeah. how does she go with it? She's fine and she's very I said, you know, this is my life now. Like yeah. you know, this is what happens in life, you know. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but in the scheme of things, things could be a lot worse than they are right now, Siobhan. Yeah. So, you know, and they're not. And you still have me every day. You're lucky thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> she doesn't feel so lucky. I'm sure, she, no. I'm sure she does. Yeah, she does. But I don't know. I'm just like, well, that's just life. Like, yeah. you know, you just have to deal with whatever it throws at you. But no, I've never said poor me ever yeah. once. I like it. It's yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> talk, to, talk to me about all the mindset stuff you've done over the last couple of years. Because mm. I think, yeah, I'm going to not keep talking. I, um... I don't even know which was my first seminar I went to. Um, it was a couple of years ago and I went to a two hour seminar. Actually it was Craig Harper's a yep. couple of years ago and maybe even longer or maybe it was three years ago. Cause I've been to see him four times live. Yeah. For so, anyone that hasn't, doesn't know Craig Harper, jump on Instagram and follow whiteboard lessons. Yeah. Great guy. It's ace. Yeah. And listen to his podcast. Um, so, yeah, I saw him live and didn't really know much about him, but did follow him on social media. Yeah. Anyway, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to this. So off I trot by myself, whatever. Went to this seminar. He was in Emerald at the time. And it was actually a free event then. And um, But as soon as he opened his mouth, he had my attention for that entire two hours. And I just took a lot away from it. Control your controllables was one. Yeah. But which I live by and instill in my clients as well. Like if you can't control it, don't let it stress you because you can't do anything about it. You can't change it. So just let it go. But, um, so that was massive for me, but he like just a lot of the stuff he said just made sense. Just, I don't know, resonated with me in my little world, I guess. Yeah. And then I can't remember who my next one was with. Can't remember. I just would go to, mindfulness stuff and yeah but I actually did a coaching a 12 week it wasn't 12 weeks at all six week six week coaching with um Craig Harper at the start of this year which was great how did that go yeah it was really good um there was a lot of interaction with other people in it and we had to coach other people and stuff like that but I think even though the majority of the time people um like say the same thing they may word it differently but even just hearing it over and over again and obviously you know about the art of note taking mm-hmm. um, and how effective that is, yeah. I'm just a massive note taker. I was yeah. at my last, my most recent um, my most recent seminar on Monday actually with a guy called Scott Harris. He's an Aussie. He's absolutely brilliant. He has my attention as well. That whole day for 10 hours, That's awesome. I was all Fine. ears, all pen and paper. That's I took great. half a book of notes. Like I could just... Just, it's just that's ice yeah I just love it just what, love why, why do you love learning so much um I just love to I don't know be better I just want to be the best that I best version of me that yeah. I can be for me for my kids for you know next gen and for my clients at next gen like I just want to be give them give everyone the best of me that you that's know, awesome. I can. Love that. I respect that a lot. Just to help them. Yeah. It's incredible. Like it helps me. It's helped me. I retrained my brain back then before <laughs> this all, before all this training started. Yeah. I had to start retraining my brain and I've just, it's huge. It is huge. 
little brain, isn't it? How did I meet Interesting. you, Jess? Yeah, Jess. Jess came. Years ago. Jess when she was doing our internship. Yeah, that's right. And that's and then, right. And she's like, "Can I bring a friend?" Yeah, and then we trained together. And then you came down, yeah. and you stuck around. <laughs> I did. It's been, Left it's for been a, bit, a dream. It's been awesome. Um, what What are the? If you could pick, maybe three or four things that you've learned over the last couple of years that you wish everyone on earth knew or understood. What would they be? Um, that you've got the ability to change your focus within ninety seconds of something that's not serving you so if you um i don't know if you feel negative towards something or if you um say you wake up and you're in a bad mood right and you've got 90 seconds to change that focus from that grumpy mood being the forefront of your mind to like something happy yeah um gratitude just something you're grateful for every day, even when people just like I've a lot of my clients do journaling and you know, at the start they may think that the things they're grateful for are just like, you know, my dog, my whatever, but coffee, bed. Yeah. But that's fine because down the track, it just gets them thinking, you know, more and, um, I don't know, consistency and persistence every day of the week. Yeah. Like just chip away and just, um, Sundays. What do you do on Sundays? Um, if I've got my kids, I am with them, obviously. Yeah. And then if I don't, I train. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be the answer. Oh, I love it. Train, meal prep, learn. Yeah. All that stuff. Yep. Listen yep. to podcasts. Yeah, good. I don't know. I just, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Give me one more. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you wish everyone knew? Oh, yeah. Um, that you can retrain the um, hardwiring in your brain 100%. Yeah. 100%. And it takes time and it takes effort and it takes work, but 100... Are you going to give me a book? 100% you can. I, mean, I think you've read it. I think we've talked about it. Have you read that book? No. Nah. It's called the, oh. brain, the Brain That Changes Itself. I'm giving you a book. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. Thank you. Presents. Oh, yay. Brain science. Oh yes. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. It's super cool. It's all about neuroplasticity and how we can, how, why, why we can change. Um, anyway. Okay. Thank you. Not yeah. important. Talk about that later. We'll get you on for, for the second time. We get you on. You can um, review the book. Don't know if I can do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Uh, oh, I've got a bunch of questions for you. Oh God! Wasn't that just questions? Then? No, no, that was just conversation. What's your favourite fun fact? Oh, I need warning for this. No, you don't. It's my favourite fun fact. <laughs> I don't know what my favourite fun Come fact is. Come on, give me something. I don't know what my favourite fun fact is. You know so is. much stuff. Favourite fun facts. No, I don't know. Skip it. Pass. Next one. What are you grateful for? Uh, my kids and my job. Awesome. My little world. In your little world. It's a cool world. Yeah, I love my world. I love, I'm so happy. I, I like being, my little... I like being a little part of it. <laughs> Why do you journal? Um, I journal to, if I can't switch off, to mm. get stuff um, off my mind and down on paper so that I can sleep better. Yeah. Which is what I tell my clients as well. And I journal first thing I get up in the morning, when I get up in the morning, to have a great day. Positive focus. Awesome. Grateful focus. Perfect. 
Why do you think a positive environment is so important? Because negativity just breeds crap. Yeah. And sad times. And I don't know, you know, people go through sad times. Like I know my story is bad for me, but it's definitely not the worst story out there. Yeah. Um, things could have been a whole lot worse for me. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just... Well, like that, that's just perspective, right? Like if you can look at your story and go, you know what, that was pretty sucky. Like mm. it's still hard living day to day with that. But like you just said, I love my world. Yeah. So you're able to take the negative and turn it into a positive yeah. and create that positive affirmation for yourself. Yeah. And I think like the environment when it's negative, it just breeds yeah. negativity, like yeah. you said. And like, like attracts like. So if you're... Yeah bitching and whinging then you're yeah. probably going to spend time with people that are bitching and whinging yeah, yeah. and you don't do that <laughs> not even a little bit <laughs> wouldn't happen even if you wanted to well it might <laughs> nah. what advice would you give 15 year old version of yourself oh gosh to stop eating shit food and just know <laughs> that it's going to come and bite you in the bum yeah and just be just try you know be confident and try that's what I say. That's what I say to my kids. Like, just be confident in trying something new, and that failure isn't bad. Failure is learning. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. One of, one of my coaches talks about it as just like um, peaks and valleys, and like to go up the mountain, you've got to fall over a couple of times, yeah. and you've got to deal with all the hurt. And but then when you get to the mountain, you just see the next one. Yeah. And then you can have time where you're falling down the mountain or doing the long consistent like trough in the middle yeah and I think when you can look at life like that of just yeah. lots of those over and yeah. over and over again then all the failure stuff it just it, it's a stepping stone to something better yeah for sure and then repeat and then repeat yeah that's right that's right <laughs> if mon- money wasn't an issue and you knew you couldn't fail what would you do with your life if money wasn't an issue and I knew I couldn't fail um do I don't know if I knew I couldn't fail yeah I would oh but I like what I do I love what I do well then your answer could be exactly what I'm doing now exactly what I'm doing now good answer really good answer (laughs) I love it I love everything about it like I love nothing better than being able to genuinely give that answer yeah like I do like you know everything's positive at next gen like us trainers love the shit out of each other mm. um, and members they've been the same as yours they never leave feeling worse than when they got there yeah. and you know the support that we give them there is we believe amazing yeah so yeah that's nice yeah if you could be remembered in one sentence what would it be um, as a happy person who just got on with it really good I like it what are you most proud of um, having my, or surviving IVF well not surviving IVF but you know not yeah um, having my kids yeah and like just the fact that I just kept going after this brain surgery all happened even yeah. some days are not flash and you know like 
I'm no better. I don't think I'm any better than anyone else by saying this, but like, I don't call in sick. I don't not run a class because my head's affected. I don't cancel clients because of it. I just, as soon as I walk through those back doors, yeah, that's on. it. I'm on. It's amazing. And then as soon as I'm finished, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> Sometimes I sit at the factory when I finish late and just lie on that couch until. It's know. an amazing resilience though to be able to do that. But I just wouldn't want it to affect people around me. That's why. Like yeah. they're there for, you know, a good training session and, you know, the training sessions about them and, I would not want I don't even want people to notice to be honest I don't think people yeah. do but maybe they do but I don't think so the guys I work with obviously do you think the, that selflessness and that desire to create a comfortable supportive environment for everyone around you has come from the 17 years of nursing do you think um, that's part of it maybe yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's interesting what are you so flip flip side to that question mm-hmm. what are you most ashamed of um, ashamed? Am I ashamed? Yeah, maybe. Just my excessive weight gain. I wasn't... See, at the time, so when I was bigger than I am now, when I was 107 kilos, I would tell myself that I ate well. I'm not even really? kidding. Yeah. So I honest and I honestly, it's Believe that, it. that yeah. story that you tell yourself, like yeah. no kidding without a word of a lie, I thought I was eating well yeah. until I wrote it all down. And then I went, holy shit. Yeah. And then my Coke zero downfall. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Oh my God. But yeah, that's uh yeah, that's huge. <laughs> that's a lot that's disgusting when yeah. I think back now but back then I was like yeah give me another can of coke it's bad that I kind of want coke zero right now no yes it is no no absolutely no I just no. want to sit no carry on <laughs> yeah who are, your, who are your heroes who do you look up to and why who do I look up to um well I definitely look up to Ebony who owns Next Gen because mm-hmm. one she's become one of my closest friends and two she's helped me a heap over the years potentially without realizing it I'm not sure but um just by her you know like making sure or you know persisting with me when I you know when I was on my meal plan and then you know I'd eat something that I shouldn't have eaten and just her like you know working with me to I don't know help me lose weight like that's that was a massive massive part of my life there for years so and she was a massive massive part of that look up to my mum I just want to be a mum like she is (laughs) sometimes no (laughs) um yeah they've been pretty influential on my awesome little world do you have a mantra um no not really not a single one we didn't talk about your comp we did not (laughs) Fill, fill us in um, I did a bodybuilding competition, not full bodybuilding. I did, um, entered into the fitness category for my first one. I came to that decision. I was just training in my PT session one day and I just turned around to Evan and I said, I think I want to compete, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I definitely want to get my body to that. Um, and then yeah, through the process, I ended up getting my body to that ended up competing in my first comp. Um, I didn't place and that was fine. I was just stoked to have, 
you know, abs and yeah. <laughs> just to have, be able to build muscle like I did. I was wrapped with that and I've always loved that look. Um, anyway, for year, like for forever, I've always loved that look. Um, and then I competed again in a new category that they brought in at the time for, it was called sports physique at the time. I'm not actually sure if it's still called that, but it was called sports physique. So it was for, I don't know, people with like more, like bigger muscle than they needed for fitness. Yeah. So I competed in that and I actually came second, Woo! which blew me away. Like I definitely that's awesome. came out of nowhere. I didn't think that, I would, no, I didn't think that I would play second. Um, so I was absolutely wrapped with that. But then in saying that I would never compete again either um, because I want that physique 24 seven, not for 24 hours. Yep. So for me to eat the highest amount of calories and stay as lean as I can, is my ultimate goal day in, day out. And not for anyone else. Yeah, that's Just because that's what I like. And, yeah. you know, we all have different goals. I was, um, I'm a numbers person because back when I was losing weight, I used to get on the scales all the time. Yeah. And it was Eb that got me off them, but it took her two years and a decent <laughs> crack she gave it. Um, but I was a scales person and I would jump on them like multiple times a day which is not flash. Surely that in itself would have taught you about weight fluctuations and yeah. made you go, well, what am I doing? Yeah. So um, then even now, so even now when I have my body scans and stuff like that, I still find myself, I'm still numbers related. Yep. Yeah. And like everyone's different. Some people are happy when they're happy in their own skin and like I'm happy in my own skin, but yeah. I'm but for goals. Driven wise, by I'm, the numbers. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. If you could invite three people to dinner, who would they be and why? Mm, three people. Mm, I guess they'd be the people I've looked up to over the time. Um, who would I... I don't know that I can narrow it down to three. I would have my mum and Ab, obviously, but I would have friends that have been with me since the start. Yeah. So two group of friends is group of friends from basketball and a group of friends from high school but um yeah like they've been there for this whole like two groups of them have been there for the whole of IVF and the whole of the brain surgery and that was for my high school friends like that was not a pleasant time like yeah. they would come and see me because they hadn't seen me for ages and then you know they'd have their own ideas of one of like what was wrong with me and stuff yeah. and that all came out after the brain surgery but <laughs> Um, yeah, like that was pretty hard for them. And I never really realized, I guess, cause it, I was going through that whole process and I was the one that fell crap. I never actually realized the impact that it had on other people having to watch me like that mm. because to me, all I had, all I was trying to do was get through each day. Yeah. I wasn't thinking at that, which is probably going to sound really selfish, but I wasn't thinking of oh, what are people doing for me? I was thinking, I needed to make, I need to make it through another 12 hours with this baby and this three-year-old. And yeah, that was pretty much my days, day in, day out. Mm, Yeah. That's crazy. Mm, They weren't great. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable that you're able to stop now and kind of look back and appreciate everything so much. Yeah. I'm impressed. I didn't get upset. (laughs) (laughs) As am I, as am I. All right. A couple of favorites to finish off. Mm Mm-hmm. Favourite way to spend a Sunday afternoon? Um, I love to train and my kids come with me. 
So, yes, training on a Sunday afternoon, definitely. Yeah. Favorite food? Grilled or Mexican? Ooh. I'm not very out there. No. <laughs> That's basically what I eat. Hey, Mexican's probably probably close to mine. Mm, nice. I had some satay chicken yesterday. It was game changer. It's amazing. <laughs> Favorite movie? Um, I'm a shit movie person, so I'm not even going to name one. Favorite podcast? Oh, I don't know that I can give favorite. Give it, give it, give it, give it. Favorite podcast. Favorite podcast. Um, I listen to yours. I listen to so many though. I love anything mindset and nutrition in terms of podcasts. How are you going to go listening to yourself on a podcast? Will you listen? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Favourite fa- favorite book? Ooh. Favourite book. Favourite book, Useful Belief. Eb got me onto that. I don't know, maybe a year ago. Nice. But just, it's Control Your Controllables. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Yeah, it's similar. It's along the same lines as Control Your Controllables. Favourite piece of advice you regularly give your clients? One day at a time. You cannot. We do eight-week challenges at NextGen, and it's a platform for them to, um, you know, to get all the tools that they can to help them change their life, but they cannot change their life in eight weeks. That's cool. Like, they need longer than eight weeks to be able to sustain it. Yeah, so just one day at a time, one rep at a time, one meal at a time. Like, don't, you know, like, meal prep is massive for me. But I have got, you know, there's other options for people that mm. can't handle meal prep, which is completely fine as well. Mm. So, yeah, one at a time. I like it. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Ever been given? Don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, good. I'm not too sure that I excel at... No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but I okay. try and it's always in my head. Right, that's good. All right, last one. Favourite quote? Hmm. Control your controls. Mate, give me something different. <laughs> I don't have any. You uh, said it 15 times. Not that I'm mad about that, I like it. But give me something different. Favourite quote. Favourite quote. Mm. I don't know. Off the top of my head? I don't know. I'll have to do it next time. Mate, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having this me. This is fun. How can people uh, find you, share, like, what's your, uh, what's your socials and stuff? I'm Suze.NextGenFitnessFactory and Susan Bell on Facebook. Good from you. Thank you very much for having me.